time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Chunks. Yum Chunks. Welcome listeners to another episode of After the Credits. Tonight we're going to be talking about No Time to Die, the latest Bond movie. I'm your host Sean, and I have a license to kill. And so does Ryan, another agent of After the Credits. What? Who issued that license? I didn't get a license to kill. They just gave me a license to do podcasting. Oh, that comes with the yeah. That the podcasting license comes with a. Free oh, it does. Murder. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good fine. to know. We're fine. Matt, have you taken advantage of your license to kill? Uh, no, but it sounds like y'all have your license to kill the <laughs> uh, the momentum and the comedy of this uh, of this podcast already. No, the momentum, the momentum implies that there was there to yeah, begin with. That's true. <laughs> it was dead on arrival. Exactly. Good use. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and what are How's we doing here? How's it going? Here? I'm fine. Well, it's okay. Yes, we're going to talk about uh, No Time to Die tonight. This is episode 86. I didn't mention the number because everyone cares very much about what number episode it is, I assume. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll get into some James Bond talk, some Daniel Craig talk, and some Rami Malik talk in a bit. But before we do that, we have other secret missions to go on as we... Um, you know, download our chunk stories or uh, our mission it's, briefings to each other. It's okay. This it's okay. It's <laughs> the secret. Does, is the secret agent thing? No, it's working? it's not working at all. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to stop. So, <laughs> hey, Chewy, how does give us your mission uh, quest objectives? Uh, my objectives. I've already know. completed them. <laughs> oh, that's right. My debriefing? Well, you get the bonus points? My... Yeah, debriefing. Okay, right. Okay, it's something. Uh, all right, so I've seen some movies recently. Um, in fact, one of them, I went to a fancy schmancy film festival. Um, I went to Ooh. San Diego Film Festival, and I saw the premiere of a movie called Belfast, and mm. uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, and starring Jamie Dornan, and it takes place in 1969 Belfast during what are known as the Troubles, and um, if you know your history, you'll know the Troubles, which I only just recently became all way more aware of because my wife's family, um, well, my dad-in-law, was the same age as the main character living in Belfast at the time that this movie was taking place. So, um, yeah, we found out actually may found out on wikipedia that this movie was making its premiere in san diego so she looked it up and went oh there's a film festival and they're premiering this so um we've actually seen it before like anybody in ireland has seen it <laughs> so um yeah it was interesting it was cool it's a slice of life movie currently it is and, and it's way too early to tell these kind of things but t- currently award circuit the uh the thing i used to cheat at the oscar pool every year um, is tracking this as uh, the front runner for best picture. Um, yeah. Again, it's too early for that, but um, yeah. but it's you know it's got buzz. It's being talked about. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting slice of life. What it's like to live in you know Northern Ireland during the Troubles. Uh, so um, it's cool. You know, it's it was uh, it, it's it's very good. It's good performances and good cinematography. Um, my 
I'm, I being a stupid American had trouble understanding the accents for most of the movie. Um, but uh, it's definitely, I'm definitely going to watch it again on streaming when it has subtitles. Um, but otherwise, you know, from what I could tell, excellent movie. Um, and if it becomes something, that'll be neat. I can say that I saw it before anybody else. So, n- n- there you go. Um, so, um, also... We're at a, what, what a theater... Were, because a couple years ago, I worked at the San Diego... I worked at the San Diego Film Festival. And I think... I know Ryan went to a movie or two while I was working there. But what uh, was it... What theaters are do they have for the festival this year? Ours... I don't know what the full festival... All, all the different venues are. But we saw it at a hotel. And it was in... Oh. Um, it was right. in, like, a large conference room. And they had set up, like, a screen um, and a hmm. chair. So... Uh, yeah, it was like a, just a really fancy hotel on Mission Bay. Um, so that was cool. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Uh, then other things I've seen recently. Um, I uh, I was tangentially aware of the fact that um, one of my favorite Batman graphic novels, uh, Long Halloween, had been adapted into animated film. Two parts. Long Halloween's part one and two. They kind of came and went, and they were kind of, like, way in the back of my mind, kind of like, oh, yeah, they made that into a movie. I should check that out at some point. And not that long ago, I was talking about it with Maeve, and she's like, oh, we should watch that for Halloween. I'm like, it's not really a hollow, it's not really a Halloween movie, but, yeah, okay, why not? So, um, so the other day, we watched through parts one and two back-to-back. We did a big marathon for uh, Long Halloween, and uh, it's, you know, for listeners who don't know, it's one of the two main Batman comics that they used as inspiration for Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Like, those two and then a couple other ones were, like, the main... Especially Dark Knight. This one's very, very, very much about Dark Knight. Um, You know, and uh, it's... It was an excellent film adaptation. The animation style is fantastic. Um, The the, the art direction is very uh, Batman the Animated Series... But the actual animation itself is different. It's a little bit more stylized. Um, and it's also just a really good story. I've been saying for a long time, I would love to see Long Halloween or something like it made into a live-action Batman movie. Kind of the story where it's really showcasing him being a detective. And he's got a, a, he's got a mystery he's got to solve. And as he's trying to solve it, he's encountering all these other characters that we know and love. Kind of like how, you know, the Arkham games kind of adopted that style. Um, so it's it was, just, you know, nice to sit and watch it and revisit that story. I kind of remembered the um, the grand story beats. It's been a while since I've read it, but um, I kind of remembered the bigger story beats. But a lot of the smaller details, like moment-to-moment plot stuff, I had forgotten. So it was kind of nice balance, just kind of being able to see, like, oh, it's a mystery. I know the answer to the mystery, but I don't remember exactly how... how they got there there. so i could kind of like look for them to see how well they were planting the clues and whatnot and um very well in my opinion um so it's it's on hbo max uh both parts um whether whether you've read it or not um it's it's a if you're a batman fan it's a hard recommend for me long halloween's part one and two excellent excellent batman cost content um and uh there you go that's those are my chunks for today Cool. Well, that's exciting. I mean, have, uh, just tangentially related, have you guys watched the new Batman, the Batman trailer? I have, yes. Yes. Um, um, I'm not 
sure on it yet. I don't feel like yeah, um, I I don't feel like there's enough in there for me to really get yeah. a read on the movie, um, like tonally and yeah. I mean, it's a it's what I would expect out of a Batman trailer. It doesn't really yeah. <laughs> it it doesn't really show to me why it what's different about it or anything to, I, I i don't know it, it's it's kind of it, it's kind of flat for me i'm kind of it didn't really move the needle of excitement for me so um i'm, I'm hoping for that yeah. bigger trailer where we get more dialogue and we get more looks at stuff and you know yeah i i don't know what because yeah just in, in the midst of the you know neck neck high pool that we're swimming in with batman's we we're just inundated with batman's this one doesn't hasn't set itself apart like really it's just there's a lot oh i am vengeance or whatever or a couple other things it's like yeah okay yeah that's batman we, we know who batman is i want to see and when you were talking about long halloween being like more detective story mm-hmm. like oh i wonder I, that'd be cool if they went that route yeah. with this one i'd be into that yeah yeah because you raise a good point like i mean batman one of his names is the world's greatest detective and we rarely get to see that in live action so it would be yeah that'd be really cool to get a movie focused around that. <laughs> it's funny I, I don't know if this line was in the comic or not um and speaking of uh there's definitely you know because it's a film where you were the comic there's only as much dialogue as needed to get the point across the movie had to add dialogue to kind of make it more cinematic you know it's a different medium yeah and so there's definitely more writing that was added and <laughs> some of that is like stuff that's like more modern references or things to make it like make sense in today but then there's there was a line i don't remember and i don't it might admit it may or not may or not, may have may or may not have been in the comics but batman at some point he goes nobody told me i was gonna have to be a detective <laughs> what <laughs> I mean, he doesn't quite deliver it that way, but... I was going to say, is, is that but, how he says it? But, but no, he doesn't quite say it that way, but that's kind of how I heard it in my brain. I was just yeah. like, what do you mean nobody told you? You didn't apply for You're this the job. You're greatest. Yeah, you decided to be Batman. You decided what it meant to be Batman, Batman. Um, but, you know, one of the things that telegraphs really well is that it's very early in his career of Batmaning. Yeah. Um, okay. Because I think the comic was supposed to be a sequel to year one. Um, yeah. So you, there's still a lot of stuff that is developing in the Batman lore and hasn't happened yet in the Batman lore. So it's also just nice, like, because you're talking about how like there's we have this pile of Batman that we've been having to sort through. This is just yeah. such a classic Batman story and classic Batman movie. It almost felt like a reset. Like I had been starting mm-hmm. to get sick of Batman in the way that I'm currently sick of Star Wars. Well, watching this just kind of, it felt like a reset for me. Like, ah, okay, that's comfort food. This is what Batman is. This is this is what I want out of Batman. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's it, it's it's probably one of the best ones for me. I would say that this is like, we, we a lot of times when we talk about adaptations of the, of that story, we're like, well, what is what does Batman even mean? Does it even mean anything anymore? Does it, you know, this or that or that? What defines Batman? And like, what is our Batman? What do we consider to be the true version of the story and i'm like this is pretty damn close if not it you know mm-hmm. so how how much better is um batman versus superman john of justice than long halloween batman superman john of Justice. oh what oh i forgot about that movie <laughs> <laughs> 
Oops. It's for the best. It took me. A, you've, it, it succeeded. <laughs> you've succeeded at life. Yeah. You've, it took. It took me a second to legit. Uh, legitimately, <laughs> took me a second to remember what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> right, Batman versus Superman. Why did you remind me you're of the, that? I know. Sorry, I just ruined your dreams. You you were the envy of everyone. I'm gonna have to go watch Long Halloween again. Gotta yeah, ch- chase out all the uh, bad Batman out of my uh, out of my memory again. Man. But uh, that's good. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll Check that out, because um, fun Batman and Halloween movie all in one. Yeah, in each part's only yeah. 88 minutes long, so, you know, it's a, it's just under three hours if you... That's, that's a, you know, that's that's yeah. a good length. It's a long movie. You could... We did it all in yeah. one sitting with a couple intermissions, so, you know, there you go. Hard cool. recommend. Batman Long Halloween. Nice. Yeah. All right. I pass all right, on. I pass it on. Um, uh, Ryan. I pass well. it on to Ryan. Thank you for appointing one Sorry. of us. Sorry, I, 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 I forgot there I was chaos. To... Either, <laughs> yeah. either chaos or silence. I had, I, um, had a, I had a responsibility that I was uh, shirking. All right, Ryan, yeah. take it away. Uh, well, yeah, I don't have too many uh, chunks to share this week. Um, actually, what what I did do is go listen to the episode, the podcast Marvel Star Wars Explorers that Sean was on uh, with Sam and um, Brian because. Uh, Sean, you had mentioned a few weeks back um, that you and Sam and Brian talked about uh, you talked about visions at length, and I was kind of reflecting on visions a little more. Like you know, obviously I didn't like it as much as you guys or Sean as you reported that you did. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, let me go listen to some some nerds <laughs> yes. indulge in it and see what I missed. Well, it's like, fine because I think uh, Root so Brian. Uh, probably your opinions lined up probably much closer to his. Yeah, so I don't feel as bad now. If <laughs> one of you three podcasters that have, well, the two of them have an, uh, multiple podcasts dedicated to Star Wars discussions, and one of them felt the same as I did, then I don't feel as bad. Um, but one thing that we didn't really talk about, Sean, is that that uh, the language, what language mm-hmm. is, because you guys spent a good while oh, talking about that. Oh, that's a good point. That. Yeah, we never brought that up. Yeah, so, and um, I, it wasn't even something I thought about at all until listening to the podcast, because you guys discussed watching it in Japanese mm-hmm. versus watching it in English, and I had watched it in English because it defaulted to watching it in English, um, and I was kind of, actually, that was, it wasn't necessarily, like, a highlight, but they did get, um, you know, uh, well-known actors to voice the American parts. Um, and I thought that was kind of, like, kind of cool. Like, I was, you know, I always love picking out uh, voices, like, which, you know, my favorite one, the twins, was Alison Brie and Neil Patrick Harris, which is kind of cool. Like, oh, really? I, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. Um, and then on your favorite episode, Sean, the um, Tatooine Rhapsody, mm-hmm. uh, the lead singer guy was um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, I believe. Oh, I that's awesome. I, so. Yeah, I, I've. I haven't gone back, but I when I if and when I do go back and watch them, I'll watch them in English. Like I think I mentioned that in the other podcast. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but that's fun to look forward to because yeah, I didn't. I don't know all this. I, isn't like David Harbour in one of them or something? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Although I will say, I did not that performance. I I did not. <laughs> okay. It was kind of it was flat for me. So don't yeah. get your hopes up for that. Oh, yeah. Um, but with that, I think I, I'm committing myself to watching it again in Japanese, and yeah, maybe I'll like it more. Um, it, or if not, then that's fine too. I don't think I'm going to like it any less. And that's not to say that I didn't like it either, right? I mean, I did overall like it. It's just, um, and I would just, yeah, I don't need to 
re-re-review <laughs> visions. <laughs> but, we should do a supercut of all of our visions discussing yeah. discussions throughout podcast and just compile it into one separate bonus. Its episode. own episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess just my last note would be that, like, I hope anyone listening to this, like, they it is a good thing for star Wars. I think that's the big takeaway. It's a good thing for star Wars. Um, I think it more things like this need to happen. Um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I, and I, and we talked about it. We won't rehash, but yeah, I totally get yeah. if this isn't your specific cup of tea for star Wars and I totally even understand it. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's just, I, I, I'm happy to see that they're doing this sort of thing with Star Wars. So Yeah, th- exactly. So that's all I'll say about that. Um, although I, uh, I did learn about <laughs> Sam's new podcast, which <laughs> is the Young Jedi Knights Club or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's exciting. So I started listening to that podcast, which has been fun. Um, Matt, I don't know if you remember, but there's the Young Jedi Knight books back in the 90s. I'm, not, I, I, I don't I'm aware of them. I didn't read them. I know okay, Lana yeah. had a few, Ryan, and I think I, yeah. I I remember reading like the I think I read the first one. Yeah, Heir to the yeah, Force. The I think I read that one him. too. And I, yeah, this funny. That's the same memory I have is that Lana had read a bunch of them, and like we are. I don't. I think I only read that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was gonna see if we still had them because I was like, oh, they'd be fun to read those because they're oh, super yeah. quick. I wonder if they're, they're like, buried in some boxes in the garage. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of want to go find them. <laughs> Um, and then I, I actually looked on Audible, like, oh, that'll, I'll do that on, like on Audible, which will be a waste of my credits because they're only like <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> um, but uh, I actually did find that their the their podcast is, is on Audible, so I, oh, which is cool. We got to get ourselves on Audible. How does that happen? Are we not? Yeah. All right. I'll, are we not? Actually, I don't know. If we maybe are. we are. I don't think we are. I don't know. I'll hack into the Casto system and make sure we're on Audible. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's actually only the credits I had to share, which is not much this week. But um, cool. But uh, yeah, that's that's it. What do what do you got, Sean? Uh, all right. Well, I actually, I don't have too much either. The main thing is, I saw a film. Uh, I watched this movie called Lamb. I don't know if you guys have heard of this movie. Oh, maybe yeah. went to go see yeah. that. She said it was real weird. Uh, yeah, that's a, there you go. That's, I, I don't <laughs> think I could really sum it up better, but yeah, it's an Icelandic film, like indie, independent Icelandic film, it has Numi Rapashi, Rapashi, um, and some other guy that I, looks real familiar, but I can't place him. Anyways, um, and, uh, I won't, like, spoil it, but basically it's about a, this farming couple and just kind of the uh iceland countryside they're sheep herders and you know have a farm and one of their sheep gives birth to a baby lamb and that's all there is to it pretty simple um i liked it and i'm very tolerant and generally am all, all aboard on jumping on pretentious art films that are slow and moody and you know um melancholic and weird and disturbing and creepy which this thing all it definitely is all of those things so it is a recommend if any of that sparks an interest i will say it it there's not very much that goes on in this movie though it's very slow there's probably amount of you could probably condense the story into a half hour short story if i'm being brutally cynical and but um yeah it it's very weird. Like, yeah, that, that, that's all. It's weird. That's all you need to know. Uh, <laughs> um, 
And then the last thing I'll mention is you were mentioning Film Festival Chewy. Um, so at the time of people potentially listening to this, I may be in Austin, or I probably will be in Austin, because um, another very important film is premiering at a film festival in Austin, and that is my Sonic the Hedgehog that I co-wrote. Too. Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> 2 that I co-wrote uh, and filmed last no, year. Uh, Ghost of the Ozarks is premiering at the Austin Film Festival this week. So awesome. I'm going to be there. I will probably talk more on an episode after the Austin Film Festival, and I'll tell you that how it is watching a movie in a theater full of people and reacting them reacting to you oh, know, no. if they liked it or not. It's going to be really weird and nerve, nerve-wracking and stressful. Um, but it'll be fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm heading out later this week, and it's going to be cool because there's lots of events, and they have, like, all these panels. It's, you know, it's, like, a little bit like a little Comic-Con, um, but just all about indie films. There's special guests and speakers, and so... Um, if anyone's in Austin in the next, this week, come to the Austin Film Festival and see our movie or just check out other movies and maybe I'll see you there. But, well, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Sean, have you been to Austin before? I have not been to Austin before either. So, Well, besides the film festival, if you get time, Austin's a pretty cool city. Um, there's there's a lot of cool stuff to do around town. It's the live music capital of the world too. So, Or of America or something. So Yeah, I know it's supposed to be awesome. I know you've been and I... Everyone yeah. generally is all about Austin uh, nowadays. But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have some time to, I think, explore the city a little bit. There's lots of, you know, barbecues, famous for really good barbecue and stuff, too. So, um, yeah, go to go to Franklin's. Franklin's, all right. We'll do on the agenda. Um, but, yeah, anyways, that's, that's about it for me. Um, cool. Well, there you go. Chunks are locked and loaded and ready to be fired out of a silenced PP7. Um, as we get ready to talk about No Time to Die. Um, spoilers ahead for Bond's latest adventure and probably other Bond films. Um, but, uh, Ryan, I think you are doing this, um, assassination. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going with this dumb metaphor. So, all right. Um, okay. So, okay. So we begin in the past, um, like movies like to do sometimes. And it take it's uh, a young girl and her mother, and an an assassin comes to kill their father, but he's not around, so he kills the mother instead, and is gonna kill the daughter, but then she tries she shoots him he doesn't die she runs she falls into a frozen lake and then he rescues her instead of just letting her die and then we flash forward into the present and we got bond enjoying some quality time with his lady friend whose name is madeline and uh Anyway, he tries to get assassinated, but he doesn't die. And then he thinks that Madeline set him up to die. But again, remember, he, I said that he didn't die. So then he puts her on a train and says bye forever. Okay, now, oh, actually, I'm, I apologize. That was not the present. That was five years before present day. So now we're in present day because we fast forward five years into the future. 5,000 years into the future in the past and here we see a scientist 
working on some bio weapons with nano butts and um, some stuff. Anyway, Bond's retired and he lives in Jamaica now. This movie jumps around a lot in the beginning, so stay with me here, folks. Um, this is why I had to so he, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot this is, is actually kind of confusing, but okay, it's well, it'll get worse. So Bond is retired. <laughs> it'll get worse before it gets better. Yeah. So Bond's retired. He's living in Jamaica. He's like, no, nah, I'm done with this whole spy gig. But then the CIA shows up and is like, man, Bond, we need you. We need you to come back for one last job a- again. And Bond's like, nah, I'm not about that. But they ask him real hard, and he eventually decides to help. Um, so then they're like, okay, we got to go track down this bioweapon that got, like, breached from the lab. Like, it got, you know, um, some bad guys stole it. So he's like, okay, I'm going to help you figure this out. We're going to go get that scientist guy. Um, there's a scientist guy. And, <laughs> and so they go to this event, okay? There's this event. It's, a, that, it's like a party. It's like a classic it's, Bond it's, party, ballroom party. Yeah, it's, it, it, in fact, it's a birthday party, yes. as a matter of fact. So uh, there's cake. Um, <laughs> What's there? It's party favors. <laughs> there are party favors. Uh, Bond, and Bond, in fact, Bond is like the surprise guest, right? He shows up and everyone's like, oh, Bond, you're here. We're going to kill you. And then he's like, uh-oh, I don't want to die. And there's even like a spotlight on him. And I thought they were going to break into like a musical number. Um, that it doesn't happen. Instead, everyone dies <laughs> except Bond because this nanobot weaponized thingy that the whole movie is about, which is called Hercules or Heracles, um, is well. This real quick. The way it works is there's nanobots that are programmed to kill the host, matching its its programmed DNA uh, sequence that it's targeting. So it'll it's a uh, I mean, this is, it has been theorized. It's not like the movie made this up. This is mm-hmm. like yeah. a pseudo real thing. Um, so it's, but it, so it got the, the nanobots was programmed or was supposed to be programmed to kill Bond. Not the case. The scientists reprogrammed it to kill all the Spectre agents that are having a birthday party. They all die. Totally ruined the birthday party. It, it was a disaster. Um, anyway, so they escape, and, but they're trying and they get the scientist out to a, Another location. At that location, they meet up with the CIA dude with his little buddy. His little buddy ends up being a, a bad dude and portrays them. Steals the scientist. Takes him back to wherever. That CIA Bond, dude, by the way, is the Watcher from What If. Yes. The Watcher uh, dies. Um... <laughs> <'Cause> Ultron. Because <laughs> of Ultron. Uh, yeah. our, our summaries are m- meant to confuse people more yeah. than the others. Yeah, this this isn't my best. Well, I don't know if I can say any one of my. You do it. You do it better than I would have. All right. <laughs> yeah, and it's also taking too long. I'm embellishing too much. So anyway, we're gonna fast forward a little bit here. During um, the part I fell asleep. Yeah. So this is important for the summary that Matt fell asleep somewhere in this point in the movie when he was watching it on his own. Um. But my recollection is that Bond confronts, like, MI6 is like, what are you guys doing? Did you invent this virus? And they're like, whoops. Um, so they go to, like, all right, we got to go figure this out and get all this stuff back. So Bond goes to, uh, 
He goes to oh, the, he, Blofeld. Yes, he goes to Blofeld or Feld to confront him about, hey, what's going on here? All your Spectre guys died, and but you've been in prison, and, but it was your birthday? It was his birthday. That was the party. And he he gets to this super secret prison. It's basically like a Magneto prison. And he gets there, and he runs into dun-dun-dun, Madeline, who he hasn't seen in five years. But guess what? She's been infected with this nanovirus that's supposed to target Bloom, Bloomfield. Uh, Bloomhouse. Blooming <laughs> Blooming, yeah. And because she's like basically blackmailed by another bad dude, the dude from the beginning of the movie that tries to kill her family. She decides not to go through with this whole killing Blofeld fella, but instead she touches Bond, who gets the nanobots, and then Bond touches Blofeld, who then he does. Okay, that was that did not go according to plan. Bond accidentally killed someone. So they so then Bond goes to track down Madeline because he's like, hey, what's going on? And stuff. Anyway, he tracks her down into Norway, and she has a daughter who's five years old. That's the exact amount of time that Bond last saw her. So it's like, oh, is that my daughter? And she's like, no. I don't know why she says no. It definitely was. <laughs> like, like everybody from knew. the get go. Like like everyone yes. knew. Like of course. Like what do you what? Why would she even bother saying no? I didn't get anyway. That's not important to the plot synopsis. But... <laughs> Okay, so then they realize that they're going to get attacked by some bad guys. So they run away. They get chased by a bunch of bad guys, but they kind of escape. Well, they do, and Bond kills everyone. And then, but she gets kidnapped, and the daughter gets kidnapped. So then he has to then team up with this other lady who works for MI6. Her name's something, but she took the 007 title. There's some disputing there, but that's not important. They go, they track him down. He's at this island. This island is like factory of Poison Island. And then they go there. And this is basically the end of the movie, this big last action set piece where they have to complete the objectives, kill the bad guys, um, save the day. And that's essentially what happens, except that here's the big thing. Bond dies. He super because dies. He super dies. Because, so he gets... Well, yeah, I'll explain this because this is, I guess it's sort of important. But he, So he gets infected with a nanovirus that is specifically targeted to kill his uh, Madeline and his daughter. And or his daughter. So he's like, oh shoot, I can't ever hug them. Um, but so and he has to stay on the island to open these blast doors to make sure that some missiles will go inside the blast doors and kill everything, like wipe out the island kind of thing. So his presence is needed on the island. So he does that, but then he kind of like, he's like, well, I can't, I can't ever hug them again. And that's the most important thing to bond is hugging them. And because he can't do that, he decides to kind of, he's like, I'm okay with this death. And then he dies. And then everyone's sad about that. Um, the end. But he'll return <laughs> in the credits. It, it says then, James Bond will return. He will return. It doesn't even say Double Seven will return. It says James Bond will return. <laughs> yeah, I it, I sort of feel that was just out of like tradition mm. slash obligation because all Bond movies, well, maybe not all, but as far as I know, all Bond movies have ended that way at least in the last thirty years. So 
they just said, well, we'll slap it on there. Just so people would know this isn't the last Bond movie ever. Maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. Well, maybe not a lot, but I have thoughts about that. And I nothing that, no answers, just thoughts. Um, but yeah. Well, let's start to get into those thoughts. <laughs> Let. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, let's get into some broad thoughts first. Well, aside from the part where we fell asleep, Chewie, even though you don't rem- you don't know which part you missed, because according to the internet, you didn't miss anything. But um, well, well, well how do we- well, I, I tracked it down? I went went to Wikipedia, and I found the paragraph. It says Bond tracks Madeline to her childhood home in Norway and learns she has a five year old daughter, Matilde, who she claims is not his. Madeline tells him that when Safin was a boy, his parents were murdered by her father on Blofeld's orders. Okay, I remember all this. Safin has sought revenge. Having killed Blofeld and destroyed Spectre, Safin continues his rampage with Ash and their entourage in pursuit of Bond, Madeline, and Matilde. Though Bond kills off, they, they... though Bond kills off Ash and his thugs, Safin captures Madeline and Matilde. I think the one sentence I don't remember is though Bond kills off Ash and his thugs. It's it's the action scene in the forest when they're driving through yep, the forest. That's and... when I fell asleep. Oh, I fell okay. asleep during okay. the forest scene. That's what I missed. Okay. I remember everything well, else. He kills the little bad, the bad guy, CAA guy. That's what. Happens. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He kills him. I don't forest. remember that happening. Everything else I remember. Well, now you have closure. That guy was dead. Cool. You were, if you wondered at the end of the movie, like they never, they never killed that one guy. I mean, guy. honestly, I didn't. Well, they care. did, and he missed it. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of, um, I, I assume you're going to ask me my opinions. Um, yes. Well, I have, yes, all opinions are open to d- discuss it. Um, it was fine. Um, <laughs> it was fine. Um, so this is the fifth Daniel Craig movie. Um, yeah, I think you know uh, the first one, Casino Royale, was great, and uh, Quantum of Solace, not so much. And I thought um, the one after that, um, Skyfall, was great, Skyfall. and Spectre, not so much. And this one was fine. <laughs> I thought this one landed firmly in the middle. I thought it was funny because I think that when uh, Casino Royale came out, they, I feel like they were really, you know, they were coming off the heels of the '90s Bonds were, that were just ridiculous by the end of that series um yeah and uh i think they were like oh this is gonna be the this is gonna be the the gritty not your daddy's james bond the dark batman begins nolan reboot version of james bond and this is bond for a new era a new generation and i feel like by now after five movies they just turned it back into classic james bond this one feels like the most like classic of the five and also the cheesiest and the most like by the numbers and just nothing about it was surprising it was exactly what i thought the movie was going to be and it just felt like it was going through the motions for the most part entertaining but also just it felt very going through the motions to me um but you know entertaining nonetheless except for that i fell asleep during the middle of it but otherwise you know (laughs) it was it was James Bond. I don't know. Uh, what What about any of y'all, uh, Sean? What did you think of this? Um, I liked. I liked it. I liked it more than you. It sounds like for sure. Um, I do think it was very much. Uh, I, I, it was more kind of classic James Bond. I still don't think it was as crazy as Pierce the Rosnan James Bond's got, and I don't mean that in a crazy in a bad way because. 
I actually like Die Another Day a lot. That was one of my favorite James Bond, even though it is stupid and ridiculous. But um, regardless, uh, I think what I appreciated about this is that it felt not just like it was specifically going like, oh, let's just make it a classic James Bond. It felt like they were hitting on all the things specifically with this era of Bond. It felt like this was kind of a a um, callback, a little bit of a victory lap homage to all the other Craig, uh, Daniel Craig mm. Bond films. There was just like elements of, I think, of each one of those films, I felt, in this one. Um, and as much as the plot itself and the villain and super weapon and missions and action, all that felt very Bond. Not Again, not in a bad way. I was into most most if not all the action i do think that it does set itself apart and i think this one more than most of them has kind of punctuated that we'll get into the bond death stuff but i think more so just with in terms of the personal um connection that bond had to this like there there was a story for bond in this five film series like more than normally there is in a bond in bond films does that make sense there was an arc to like it it obviously tied into the other films and some of the other bond films do that as well but it was very specifically this is the beginning the middle and the end this is the story of this bond that we are told and are telling and now it's over and i think in that way it did set itself apart in my mind anyway from other bond affair and 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 i like that i i overall give it a gold star for that but but I do have issues with it in general. We could get into, but yeah, I generally liked it. I am a fan. Ryan, what'd you think? Yeah, I liked it overall. I think I liked the first half a lot more than the second. Um, mm. And it, you know, it was a long movie. It did yeah. kind of feel like mm. two separate movies. So I kind of don't blame Matt for falling asleep <laughs> to some degree. Um, I mean, I was entertained throughout, but there was definitely a, a point in the movie where it kind of shifted gears and even the tone I felt changed quite a bit. Um, and I wasn't necessarily super thrilled with that. Um, but all in all, I did like it. And I think um, I like that they this film did try to connect a lot of the elements from the Craig Bond verse that I wasn't necessarily expecting them to. I don't think they did it very not necessarily very well. Um, or maybe this could have been done a little bit more sharply. But I did like that they try to connect the different narrative threads and just him as a person, um, I feel like was more emotional uh, yeah. than other Bonds. And I, I really appreciated that. I like that there was more consequences to this Bond as opposed to being like kind of carefree, um, which I mean, I guess, yeah, this is this version of Bond that he is a little more um, serious maybe. Um, as opposed to just the sort of almost goofy, carefree nature of previous Bonds. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, we'll kind of talk about how we felt about the ending um, in particular. I want to kind of get your guys' takes on the villains. I was uh, kind of, that was a low point, I think, for me. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, so. yeah, we talked about the villains. I mean, I like Rami Malek a lot as an actor, but I did like feel one. He didn't seem like he was barely in it. And I don't know. Bond villains. I think it's hard to not go just like the, 
the the cliche with like you know big yeah. megalomaniac you know islands evil plan world domination or at the very least you know power and money or whatever and uh it so it it they obviously were doing that in this but it just felt like a pale comparison to like some of the other classic ones and i never really felt like so it getting more specifically into the his death which we'll get into later but one of the reasons i like it felt like really this guy killed bond you know what I'm saying? Like there was right. a little bit of an element to it. Where it was like, well, I don't know what. Like I still, I don't, I don't really get this villain. They tried to make him a little bit more empathetic, I think, and give him a more human motive. And I don't necessarily think it worked. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And you know, Matt, Matt, you were kind of saying your opinions on the different films, and I kind of I follow that in course, right? Like just. I liked it a lot, didn't really like it, liked it a lot, didn't really like it, and then this one maybe somewhere in the middle. Um, and so when I think about that, like his, you know, like which ones were his good movies, which ones were his good villains, I'm expecting that it's going to be a, a villain like Blomfeld, who was in previous films, right? I, I can't mm-hmm. even remember which ones he was I think in. he was which, just Inspector. Yeah. Uh, he maybe, was okay. a little bit in one of the other I think other it was ones, just Spectre. But primarily was Spectre was the... Maybe, okay, if it was just Spectre, then yeah, I... Yeah, it was just Spectre. Because Fair enough. I I would have expected it would have been someone like that who would have been like a presence throughout Bond's life or something, a true ultimate bad guy, yeah. as opposed to this Rami Malek, who, again, I do like and maybe could have been been the villain we wanted him to be had they not had he not been this Bond in the second movie within this right. movie. Right. I, 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 some research... And Blofeld is the the actual main inspiration for Doctor Evil, and he's the mm. villain throughout all the Bond movies that has had the most like recurring presence. So I, if the, I if Bond has a single nemesis, it's Blofeld. Um, and, but uh, you know, I was when I was watching this, I kind of felt I I was like I was kind of thinking of Austin Powers, and not because of that. But because the plot is so reminiscent of familiar Bond movies, and I almost wanted this movie, like, what what I liked about the ones that work for me is that they broke the mold. But this one even goes down to, like you mentioned, virus, super weapon, bad guy who wants to take over the world, who wants power, secret island base. Like, I almost, it it almost feels like, okay, if you're going to go that that um cookie cutter stereotypical goofy bond story where's all the flavor you can't you can't do the gritty christopher nolan style looking casino royale bond with an old school 60s storyline it makes it feel flavorless there's no there's no flavor well, like you mean, because I could have seen like he has a special way he likes to kill people or something. I don't know, like, but he, where he, like right now, it's like more personality to him, like in terms of flavor. Like, I'm, what like what elements would you? Because I kind of I know what you mean. I'm just seeing for imagine like, Christopher Nolan mean. directing the script for the Adam West Batman movie. Does that make sense? That's what, you, and that's what. So you're. That's what you're. That's what this feels like. It feels okay. like. It feels saying. like a story that is. We've done this already. It was for a simpler time. We're we're trying to break conventions here, but you've taken an old one and you've tried to make it look and act and feel like 
a more modern movie, but it underneath it's just a ruse. It's just a simple. Oh, that's how I felt. Just there's no color. You took uh, yeah, all the color out. You took all the flavor. I out. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I know. I, I get. I, I understand that, and I can't necessarily disagree. I think the parts that work more for me are the parts that are maybe less story based. So the things that I do think stand out are the things that do give this one flavor are less because of the story though. So things like we talked about a little bit already, but James Bond's kind of personal stakes in it and being much more, um, you know, connected to the characters, the, the kind of more gray area that MI6 is portrayed as, as you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily corrupt, but obviously kind of doing clandestine things in ways that the campy Bond films, there was never any of a question of like, Ooh, should MI6 be... No, it was always very clear. Bond is the good guy. These are the bad guys. Whereas with this one, it's like, oh, this was... we Yeah, we this was bad. This was not a thing you shouldn't do. And Bond isn't working for MI6. He's kind of a rogue agent for part of it. So those elements, I think, do work for me and give that flavor that you're kind of talking about. But it, it is layered onto a story that is very just like... Yeah, like like classic. And I will I will see stuff. your claims about the characters and raise you one the rest of the series does not consistently treat the characters and the story with the same because the system this the series just feels so uneven to me that like at this point I'm expected to think this fifth one is the big ultimate ending for the five movie like um Daniel Craig series it's hard for me to be that invested at this point when the quality of the movies has varied so much where and also with the time that has passed it's been such a strange interval between all these five movies that it's really been hard for me to think of it as a series and especially because in the real world Daniel Craig for the last three movies has had has said this is my last movie and then for two of them, they just threw a bunch of money at him and said, uh, here. And he is like, all right, I guess I'll do one more. And, I, you know, that's, to be fair, a Hollywood negotiating tactic. But, like, he's been very vocal for a long time that he's kind of over this series after, like, the second or third one. It doesn't feel like... I know, it's hard to get invested. It's hard to get invested in this series because it doesn't feel like it... I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's earned this ending. You know, it it fall the whole thing just kind of falls flat for me. If that makes sense, I don't, you know what I mean. Like the stuff that you're citing is positive. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it totally makes sense. And I and the stuff I'm saying is positive. It, I, I I understand that. Yeah, it may not work for you, but I do still think at least even if you don't have a positive. At or as positive a reaction to those specific elements, I think you have to. I think it's fair to recognize that it is something different. Is I guess what I was trying to say. It, those elements at least set it apart from the rest of the Bond. Uh, that's you know, fair. You know, world. Whether that works for you, yeah, that's totally fair. That might not. You might not like that. So. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I, I I did like where it went, and I even liked where it ended. I think it just didn't do a great job of convincing me all the time of that is that what it did is what it needed to have done, if that makes sense. Uh, are you talking about this film specifically, or the last five films, like the full uh, story? Uh, this this film specifically, okay. I think it's probably worth my time to 
just to kind of maybe not immediately, but revisit the fran- um, these last five films because mm-hmm. I honestly don't even remember Spectre. So yeah, I don't um, much either. <laughs> so I, I would like to see like okay, because you know Matt has a good point. This movie was supposed to come out what almost two years ago at this yeah, point, eighteen months ago or whatever. Yeah, so I don't remember when Spectre came out either, but I have a feeling it would still have been uh, at least eighteen months more fresh in my mind. Um, and may have made the, that connection stronger of where it, you know, where it ought to have been. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, at least I'll say for then in that case for this film, I did like what it attempted to do. And I think most of it worked, but I think it, so like, again, just on paper, like just in, this taking as one instance, you know, his death, like I kind of mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is the first chance the franchise, as far as I know, has ever had the opportunity to kill Bond. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is kind of what Matt's talking about in that um, just are they going to have the same Bond in the next film, the same actor? Um, and this is the first time they've known definitively that, yes, this is the last Craig movie. So we we can kill him because we know the next movie will start with a different actor in his place. Um, so they took advantage of it. Um, and I think, yeah, that's it's a a cool thing to do something that's never been done in the last you know 60 years or whatever of bond's existence that's never been done he's never had a child as far as i know maybe that isn't correct but as far as i know he never had a child so they did some new different things and uh yeah i think there's kind of mixed results on on whether they did a good job getting there but i like that they did it so yeah, no, that's I, I generally feel the same way about like I the ending was a surprise to me. Like I I yeah. and, and maybe it's I was being too naive and it seems like really like really oh you didn't seem that like yeah, he's James Bond, of course he wasn't going to die. That's like and I I do think there's I don't know, that's so that about like to me it, it's like killing off mario or something or like you know santa claus or it's or like bugs bunny, or bugs or bunny. Bugs i mean i guess this is where real world creeps in for me but i i had been following all the times throughout the years where daniel craig said i'm not doing another one and then lo and behold a little while later he's in another one this one they were making such a big deal in the advertising in the marketing, every ad, everything I saw said, come see Daniel Craig's last last James Bond movie. And I was like, okay, well, if they're actually that confident in the advertising to say that this is his last one, they're probably going to kill him. So I watched the entire movie expecting him to die at the end. And so, you know, maybe that tainted my viewing experience. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I definitely did not think that he was... I thought, I was sure maybe, of it. I would again, have bet 100 bucks that he would have died, and I was right. And so... And it's not because I think that, you know, uh, I think in terms of the story and all that stuff, I, if it was any other franchise, any other superhero thing, even, you know, before Dark Knight Rises, I would have been, I could have saw, seen Batman die at the end, if before this franchise, but with James Bond, because it's James Bond specifically, I was like, no, they, that's just, you don't kill James Bond, that's, you just don't right, kill James right. Bond, and, and so to me, that was so strong, that whatever notion that is, that is imbued in our collective conscious of James Bond being this evergreen, always gonna save the day, and walk away triumphantly, 
I, I don't know. I do think, you know, maybe it, I, I, it, it is too precious to think that, but it, I, I, I had that mindset very much that like, oh my gosh, they killed James Bond. That's, a, I don't know. That's pretty bold. And I, yeah. I have my issues with the specifics of it, but I do like that they did it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I'm in complete agreement with that. Just because I also was surprised. Like, I mean, after the fact is like, oh, you know, like I was kind of in my head kind of justifying like, oh yeah, this is, it, it does kind of make sense. But mm-hmm. I didn't know that going in. In fact, walking out of the theater, a guy had to stop and talk to me. He was in the theater with me, like, "Like, can you believe this?" <laughs> this guy, yes. like, uh, it, it was an interesting conversation. He was a weird dude, um, <laughs> but clearly, some people were affected by this. I think also it speaks a little bit to like, I don't, I don't think any of us are hardcore Bond film mm-hmm. fans. Like, mm-hmm. I generally have watched all the ones from my lifetime. Um, specifically these and the Brosnan ones. And I've seen a few other ones here and there. And I honestly couldn't even tell you which ones or, you know, like, um, so, so it's a slightly different, you know, a, you know, opinion and reaction to this than I think someone like maybe our parents or something like that, who, you know, for boomers bond was the closest anything to, a MCU type of thing franchise with a hero and it like right before superhero films there was Bond and it was and and obviously I'm me and Ryan and I share this surprise but I would imagine to them it might be even more surprising like what you can't like maybe not even just that you can't kill Bond maybe it's not like a that reaction but just like a I can't believe it they they did that yeah uh actually yeah I mean the Bond films I've seen kind of stand true for that although i did it um you know sean connery is often stated as the best and whatever but he actually he oddly enough passed away one year ago almost to the day i think it was maybe a week from now but um and i remember like i picked i when i heard that i watched some old bond films that i had never seen i think i think it was on a chunk fire you even mentioned it yeah i may have yeah um so yeah it's kind of cool just to kind of see the different and it kind of makes me because there is this legacy um with the you know with the character to kind of go back and kind of see and some don't age well like it's you know it's probably one of those things a franchise where it's like 50 50 if they're good or not yeah but it's an you know whatever from one reason or another it's an institution that's lasted i don't know maybe is it the longest like cinematic franchise i mean like I would think, I mean, it's hard to even say because it's such a weird, interesting franchise where it goes through reinventions every couple years. But, I mean, yeah, I can't think, like, even the Batman films and the, you know, the Burton 89 Batman, or if you go back to the Adam West 68, whatever, or 69 Batman. I, I don't even, that doesn't really count. It's like an entirely different thing, but that's the closest I could come up with. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I agree. I don't, yeah, it, it Maybe, and it is interesting because uh, they don't, in, I mean, just like in them, you reboot something that it's not really addressed why there's a reboot. Yeah. Um, and Bond, I don't, the, you know, it's no different either. Like we've had yes. 10 Batmans and we've had 10 Bonds. Like it, it's yeah. just part of the franchise. I mean, I mean, you were joking about Space Jam earlier, but that might be actually, like, Looney Tunes, you know, might actually mm. be closer to, like, decades-old franchises that have been, you know, ongoing. 
forever and it's always just the same kind of character um but you know that's obviously different enough uh chewy I, I, I what about you in terms of like your history with the bond franchise do you ha- are you familiar with much besides the ones we've talked about or the Brosnan I've seen ones? all the Brosnan ones i've seen um two or three of no oh no i've seen all the craig ones i've seen two or three of the Brosnan ones i've seen um i've seen goldfinger I have seen, mm-hmm. um, I've seen For Your Eyes Only, I've seen, uh, I want to say I've seen Diamonds Are Forever, but I can't remember, I, I, there's at least one other classic one that I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of the Dalton Bond movies, but I've seen, I've seen mm-hmm. one of the Roger Moores and I've seen two of the Sean Connerys, um, I just, it's so yeah. long ago, I can't remember which ones they are. They all, kind of everything pre-90s blurs together for me, so. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, kind of I've, I think I've seen I've, enough to get the yeah. point. If it makes you know, like I've seen enough <laughs> yeah. to get the point. Um, yeah, and amongst all sorts of parodies and spoofs of it, it 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 just is one of those things where like everyone's familiar with it, even if they maybe are not actually familiar with right. it. <laughs> um, and and maybe that's unfair to say, maybe, you know, it's, you know, we don't actually have that great accurate understanding of the films, but I feel like for the most part we do. Um, but, uh, well, I, I, I mean, I guess we're kind of, we're talking in broad generalities. I do want to kind of talk about some of the specifics in the film because there's, like I said, in general, I do like, I liked it a lot and there's a lot of stuff that I do like. So, Overall, all the action I thought was great, and if I had one broad um, critique, is I wish there was more Anna Darmus. She was fantastic. Oh and my she gosh. was great. She, yeah, she shows up, kicks butt, and just like gets out of the film. Which yes, I like the concise nature of that. She's like, "Hey, it's my old buddy from Knives Out. Welcome <laughs> to the party. <laughs> Let's do this thing." It could, I don't know. Like, it, it, I did. I love their little. It was so. It was so short and sweet. And I think. Mm-hmm for like moments like that you like i'd like that they didn't push it too far like i wanted more but i think you have to leave the audience feeling like that right you you don't want to like overstay your welcome or 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 risk i don't think that would have necessarily happened but just you don't want to risk it you want to leave it like yes at the perfect moment and they did and and like i don't i don't know if they if they're like friends in real life or whatever but i did like just because, like, oh, they became buddies and knives out, and now, like, hey, I'd come, like to come believe in, this, in my head, I want that to be the reality <laughs> okay. because I love both of them, and I love their dynamic in Knives Out, and I love the dynamic in this movie too. So that was definitely a highlight. Yeah, and the action scene was great in that. Like, she was great. There was the moment oh, yeah. where she's like on the ground and she shoots these three guys. Like, you know, like just yeah. like. Just like things like that, where it's like, yeah, yeah, this is why, yeah, I do like action movies. Yeah, okay, I'm a dumb, red-blooded American who just likes to see guns get exploded and stuff, and this is why. Look how cool this is. How yeah. could you not think this is cool? This is so cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think throughout the action was pretty was pretty solid, which I think is, is like when I like I was a choreographer or just a gun choreographer guy. Like, I, like how do you do something new? Like yeah. everything mm-hmm. that could be done is done has been done. Like. Uh, but yeah, I think that, I mean, that's a standout little five second shot where she's just yes, like yeah. sprawled out on the ground and she, <laughs> it's just a weird way of, yeah, that's the way she so moves cool. too. And the way she yeah. just like kind of rotates her body and just, it just like, it, it's like, oftentimes we cite video games as negative example, like, oh, it seems like a video game film. It's one of those examples where it's like a positive. It's like, man, that looked like something from a video game. Some yeah. awesome like move someone did in a video game. Um, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, that and then it was just yeah, it was just lots of fun. Like I also thought it was a great dynamic, not just that relationship, but kind of all the relationships Bond has with the women in this film. Because obviously mm. Bond is a womanizer, and that's that's also part of the character and stuff. But in this one, they couldn't do that, right? Or you know, right. they they could, but it would have I think really made is less likable <laughs> yes if he was so they kind of they toyed with it but obviously mm-hmm. you know it, he wasn't a womanizer in this film he's he's still just as charming and suave and you know clever and blah 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 blah. but it's like there's moments where it's like oh there are they going oh no okay they're up oh, she's just gone or even uh, the other 007 it's like oh they kind of uh, no oh they're just working you know working relationship and yeah, their mutual yeah. respect and and i like that oh this is a bond where he's not just going around sleeping with every woman he encounters and i appreciate that too yeah and i like i don't know if they were trying to kind of build in that with his character because i remember i think it was quantum of solace like he he's doing a little more womanizing because he's yeah. emotionally thrashed yes. by losing yes. vesper which i i like that in yeah. terms of again that connective tissue between movies and just like how someone might react to someone like you know yeah and I thought that was believable. That was good. But then in that movie, a lot of the people he's sleeping with, they end up dying. Or I don't know, a lot. I can't remember the yes. movie very well. But and specifically the one other agent, she gets pumped full yeah. of oil or whatever. It's, yeah, it's yes. pretty gruesome. Brutal, yeah. Um, and I, I thought that was really cool too. Because like, yeah. yes, this is a bond that has consequences to his actions. He can't just go womanizing and sleeping. with Like he is a freaking spy. He's surrounded by death. You, yeah. Like, so I, I like that. And I think... I would like to think that it was, well, for a lot of reasons, very intentional in this film because he's matured. He's more um, emotionally stable, maybe a little jaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, and I think they kind of, they built that all into this or he is now, he does love this woman and it's believable. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it all worked really well towards convincing me that a, a a Bond character, no, notorious for Sean, like you were saying, womanizing and just all this. Like they, they convinced me that a Bond could, you know, be in a, and want to be yes. and, in this kind and, of relationship. And the few moments we get with him and the child and 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 uh, Madeline, it does. It, it makes the ending. I do think it makes the ending work more because it is more tragic because we do get to see like oh bond at least this bond has built up that i could see him being a good father potentially or a good part like they they had just enough of that in this film so that it makes it tragic so when he dies it's like oh he actually there was a chance i could have seen him like and that's why also i think the death was surprising because they had built into the story that like they could have written his character out, this Bond, mm-hmm. and he could have had a happy ending, and it still would have been fine as his last Bond film. I think that's one of the things that made his death also surprising, because they had a way out that didn't right. involve him dying, but they still killed him anyway. Yeah, so that's why yeah. I think that his death was you know, uh, even more unexpected, I guess is what I'm saying. And it would have been interesting to see like, if he then retires the next film. Yeah, he's not Bond, but maybe they start to explain why are there different 007s? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is a handoff kind of a thing. And they kind of allude to that in this one. And in this fine, it's not super important. But mm-hmm. again, maybe he, he enters like a mentorship role or something. And 
Oh, surprise! Yep. He returns in the third film in the next. Yeah, Bond. exactly. You know what and I mean? Like the, he's it, the next M, or you know, I don't know something whatever yeah. that's hokey, but it could potentially work. Um, a couple other scenes. So yeah, well, just going some of the action. The opening action was great and stuff. I think also one of the appeals of the Bond films in general is just the the globe trotting nature of all these films. Uh, yeah. I, I I can't deny how fun it is. Just like, oh, where, what part of the world, like. And I could even see just like in broad strokes, not even as a writer, but maybe as a writer. It's like, okay, we are going, we got to go to at least five different countries in this. <laughs> like what countries are going to go to in this Bond film? All right. Well, we got Italy and we got Jamaica and we got Norway and we got somewhere off of Japan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. fun to me. It's just like, ooh, that, like what set piece, what what location, which vibe, which feel, taste and flavor and like art and and you can only do that in like a giant million dollar blockbuster Hollywood film like this, but it's that right. that all those things and some of the beautiful shots, it just makes me want to like, ah, oh, I wanna go to Norway. I wanna I wanna be in a crazy mist forest getting chased by <laughs> killer agents. because uh, uh, I like that I like that action scene too, and driving through the forest. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about that scene, but I, I do like the globe trotting nature, like you were saying. I it wouldn't have fit in this film, but I'm a fan of the layover maps with the dotted oh, yes. travel lines. Yeah. And it, can we please? I'm well bring aware that of your fandom of that. Film? Yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to see because then in the video game version, you could like choose on your mission oh, yeah. select exactly. which part of the globe you yeah. put your little cursor on. Um. Well, going to the forest thing, I talked a little bit earlier about how I think this film was kind of a little bit like hitting on all of the uh, notes from this era, Bond. And I think that scene to me was very much Skyfall. Just like, okay, remember Skyfall? Huh? Yeah. There's that whole, and that was what they, that, that whole scene was. This is, this is our homage, our throwback, or just kind of like our little, you know, poking you like, yeah, remember that? This is bringing those vibes back. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I did like it. I, it, it's interesting. That was like the most interesting in terms of like action choices. Because if you know, if I were to have done that scene, the way I would have been, it would have been like, oh, now, now we get to see the, the stealth side of Bond. Which mm. this this Bond, I don't think really has a stealth side to him. Really, yeah. like I don't know if you've ever seen that. So I thought this was going to be their chance to kind of show that where he's hiding in the mist he's popping out cut you know cutting guys yeah. necks and or snapping their necks and disappearing back into the shadows but they didn't do that at all no yeah, is, yeah that's true yeah. you know like it's, it's just an interesting choice because I, I like that he was not even really hiding for most of that which is like yeah. really interesting he was very deliberate he was very methodical and almost slow moving and that's how i think this in a broad stroke how he was throughout this entire movie mm-hmm. is that he wasn't this like he was a dominating presence in the combat scenes but he was never like running around maniacally uh, crazily for, with like furtive energy yes. right he was always very in fact one thing i'm getting a little bit away from the the forest scene a little bit but one thing i've noticed his disposition towards 
being shot at in this movie was very remarkable. I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen a movie where someone ignores bullets being shot at him. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you guys were aware of this. Like any scene where he's being shot at, he's just like, okay, cool. And he's kind of like walks to the next like little barrier. Well, I mean, there's there, you could kind of make the comparison with almost like the, the silly eighties action, like Schwarzenegger level of that, mm-hmm. but that's a di- That's not at all what this was. It was almost no. like he, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Like, the, the most obvious case is in the beginning when they're in the car and, you know, yeah, Madeline is just exactly. like, what are you? And that scene was really tense. It's just like, it was really like, tense. It's like, what? And the, the windows, like, and yeah, and it's this state of mind where it's just like he, he is fully aware that any second could be his last. Any one of these bullets mm-hmm. is his, you know, he could be dead. Yep. And just like completely at peace with that and just still like, and that not phasing him. And, that's a that's a certain level of just like confidence and awesomeness that you know maybe isn't always as apparent in some of the more silly bond versions right and i think it it's super worked because it was like this is confidence and he knows like these idiots shooting at me he he is so like just if you want to yeah. kind of maybe dive into it like oh he's just so battle you know aware of the battlefield and who's shooting at him at any given time like this person is just spraying bullets he has no shot at me i'm just gonna you know i'm not gonna worry yeah. about it i'm just gonna focus on this other thing you know like just yeah he just has this confidence and i think in that opening sequence which i really did like the opening battle sequence uh, fight mm-hmm. scene i think he does get shot and like i want to watch it again because it's they don't even mention it again like he he gets shot in the back shoulder. If, I don't think. Oh, you, you might even, you might be right. I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's been a little over a week since I've seen it, so I have to. Well, he's but, he's suffering from he's still he's on the bridge and he's suffering from the explosion. Shell, uh, yeah, yeah, the ringing in his ear, so he doesn't yeah. hear gunfire. But he gets clipped in the back of the shoulder, and he kind of like turns around, like what what just hit me? Almost as if like oh I just got shot. Who shot? Like who? What? Who shot me? <laughs> like what idiot threw just a shot? Like, like, yeah. yeah. And that's the way, re- and the movie doesn't address it beyond that, which. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, yeah, I definitely have to recheck that. Yeah, like I do want to watch the movie again, and because I, I did like it, but I think there's certain little things like that in the movie that I, they're like, wow, he, there, he's very cavalier in his <laughs> regard to being shot at. <laughs> um, get the uh, the scene in Norway before the action where like he's playing house and everything's kind of good the 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 lull before the storm kind of thing um, in your summary you kind of were joking about like oh it's obviously his child why does she even say no and stuff and I I, I sort of agree but I, I also am gonna defend it because I think the reason I really like that her saying no is is she says, no, she's not yours. Not as a biological sense, but just like, no, hmm. she's not yours. Like, you might be the biological father, but you haven't been here for five. You're not the father just because you maybe impregnated me. And so that's, I like, I, I knew that it was her father. I knew that it was Bonds before that and when she said no. And that no was a confirmation. It was like, no. This is my, she is my child. She's not yours because you are not a father to her. You have not been a father to her. And that is because it's, and that has, was your choice. You know, it, it's, and, and so well, I, that's why I like that moment. No, I, I do agree with you. I think that was well written, just a well crafted mm-hmm. scene for all the reasons you stated. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think Bond knew. No, I, yes. So I, although I will say, his... I do think, 
I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when she's on the train yes, and yes. In, and she holds her stomach, I was like, oh, yeah. she's pregnant, right? Yeah, That's, no, I said I had the exact okay. same reaction. I was I was just just gonna mention that, yeah. so I'm glad you noticed that too, because yeah, I think there. I don't, Matt, did you? Uh, hmm? Did that? Did oh yeah, yeah, I that? noticed that. Did you? Yeah, I I, I okay. figured no, that okay, was funny, cool. but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know, I uh, I I thought it was a just. It was. They didn't draw attention to it, but they they still let the audience. Yeah, it was a it was a nice subtle moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just like I was saying, going further, like it it makes the ending a little more tragic because I do like that he that's you know as much as the him dying is a big deal, him being a father is a big deal too. Like like that. Oh, again, playing into this like he's. He's not a ethereal, whimsical character in these films. He is a an emotional human being that has connections, that has rela- mm-hmm. that have relationships that are not so episodic that it's just like, oh, I'm with Halle Berry at the end of this film. What the next film? We I forgot completely forgot yeah. about her. What? What? Like, no. These. This is one character. This is a story told over multiple episodes, but it's still there's yeah. still emotional through lines and. And I, I and for whatever the next James the next Bond iteration is, I'm I think I'm fine with them going back to a more traditional Bond or going somewhere completely different. I don't know if I necessarily want another Bond series where it is this type of you know uh, serialized story where you know I, I don't necessarily need that in my Bond, but I'm glad that I got it. I'm glad that it was we have seen that have had that with these. Yeah, I agree. I I would be surprised if they did. Like, I guess I'm expecting them to go back to just the yeah. the the normal Bond style. Every movie's independent. Um, but with you know these cinematic franchises now, and audiences are more, I guess, accepting of all the connective tissue. Mm-hmm. I almost I kind of think they might be. I don't know if they. I don't know. I, I guess I'm saying it can go either way because they like either trying to jump on the boat that what everyone else is trying to do and try to bring bond into that world of just yeah all these all these different characters that are all connected and all the movies are part of the same thing and blah 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 or to maybe go kind of go against the grain and yeah you know be yeah and what where are we in the zeitgeist now i think you know are we far enough that people are over the the franchise, I don't. I think that's a hard sell, but I think we're seeing with like even things like What If or or Star Wars Visions or even the DCU now. You're having you know these. Oh, this new Batman is not Batfleck, and it's not you know the Snyderverse. It's we are getting more standalone things, and and maybe that's where the trends are going, and that plays into what Bond you know is traditionally known for anyway. So maybe they go back to that. Although I would, I would, I would be surprised if it wasn't Ray Fiennes as M again or something like they could still have these characters playing their roles, but I would be fine with a completely new style, you know? Yeah, I would, I, I'm, I guess maybe that's the thing I'm most interested in seeing in, in like a new Bond series is a different style. Like I just, yeah. in the same way that I like visions or, mm-hmm. you know, that I want to see it in the same uh, characters and content in the hands of a different artist. Like, what do yeah. you? What can you bring to this? What What is your take yeah. on this? How would you do it? I think that's that's fun. That's a fun. Th- if you're gonna do like, you know, all all our discussions about remakes. Well, why did you remake this? What do you? Yeah. What's the point? Let me bring like, it to the table. What are you yeah. gonna do different? That. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. And I, and like I said, I think 
I I do think this version of Bond justified itself to me. Like, okay, you know, not that it needs to justify itself in a in a high and mighty sense. It's a dumb big action popcorn flick, sure. But I think this one, to me, did elevate it beyond the the simple like it's a money we're just it's just a movie we're making money like yeah I, I get the sense that they wanted to say something how effectively it was they did that i think varied from the film to film and probably viewer to viewer but overall i think it was success successful in that regard for for this run of films in general um so yeah i'm i'm i'll i'll always i'll i'll be happy to revisit any of these for the most part in the future you know come back and rewatch and um and it definitely will like stand make make them stand out more just like oh i know exactly what i'm getting when i want this type of bond when i want like i know what that is and it's these it's daniel craig it's these films i i know where to turn to if i want that hit yeah that's that's true it and it does stand out i think more in that regard more so than you know i don't know if i could tell the difference between a a connery and a more or a Mm -hmm. you know yeah, so, so I think yeah. that's to its benefit. Um, trying to think if there's do, much else. Yeah, okay, yeah. What do you? What? I do have a question for you guys. So the the name of the film is No Time to Die, but I I by the end of film I I think I know what that means. But do you guys think it means like 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 at this moment this is no time to die? Like okay, we got things to do. This is just no time to die right now. Like later, sure that's, you can die. That's how right I now, interpret no, it. Yeah. No good. Or, or is it like, look, I, I'm just so busy. I just, I just, I have no um, time to die. Like, I, I, mean, I have to go shopping. I have to go make dinner. I just don't have time to die. I to... don't. So, what was your first thing again? The first, the first one is just like, Bond, we got to get to the helicopter. Get up off the ground. Stop bleeding. This is no time to die. I think they're kind yeah, of both I, the, way... the same. Because it's yeah, kind of like, the both. I got to I got to I gotta stop the bad guy, and I gotta open the the blast doors, and I gotta do this. I'm I'm running out of time before I die. I I okay. took it more like more of like a very, the poetic sense, like this is a good day to die, like you know Klingon saying, like you know that kind okay. of thing. Like okay. is this this is no time to die? Like it's it's an age of we we don't die in this age. Like this isn't a moment in time where it's where we die. <laughs> <laughs> but he does though but he does so it yeah. was the time it was so the time know. to die i guess it was i guess i guess, I guess the thing is that he but just but that's out, but it wasn't like it this about, wasn't the time for him to die he but he could have uh, wife and child and happy and this was exactly. a bad time for it was just it was a bad time yes. you know and this was, exactly. this is no it was time a bad time i just found out i have a well, daughter this is real inconvenient well, he didn't yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like he, so he did not listen. He did not learn the lesson the title of the film was trying to teach yeah. him. Yeah, don't die right now. <laughs> yes. As opposed, as opposed to, um, you know, Honor's Majesty's Secret Service. He he did that. He did real good about that one. Um, the Spy Who Loved Me. Yep, fulfilled. Um, Thunderball. Uh... No, he did not Thunderball. <laughs> did he? Uh... Uh, die another day. Yeah, that he did. Yeah, that he one did. he died. True. This he day. didn't die this that day. day. Yeah, he died. he died this day. <laughs> yeah, he did live and let die. He also did that. Um, did he? Uh, Spectre was there a Spectre? There was a Spectre. Around? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, he's the Spectre now. 
Yeah, that's true. Ooh, see, it's a mm. callback. Ooh, bring it all together. And he, he, the, the, the sky fell on him too. So yeah. <laughs> a bunch of, a bunch of <laughs> heat-seeking ballistic missiles fell from the sky yes. onto him. <laughs> oh boy, did he die, man! Why did it have to be like it? Like it's obviously like big, has to be big, epic and stuff. But it's just like, oh geez, okay, he's dead. Like, I, I that, that's exactly why I thought it was because I was like. Just to leave no room for, like, no, but he could have got As out. I was like, saying, no, when he, I was like, he, I told Neva, I was like, I'm going to go see this movie and watch. He's going to, he's not going to live through it. He's going to die. And she's like, no, they'll give him more money if if, if he says he doesn't want to do it. And they'll just give him more money. And I came home and I'm like, he's super dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. I was, I was like, no, I was right. He's super dead. <laughs> Like he's yeah, he's got to a, make it very he's clear. got a nanobot yeah. virus in his blood, and we see about a dozen missiles land on top of him. <laughs> he's dead. He's gone. He's obliterated. There's nothing left of his body. He's super super dead. I mean, they could pull a Barry other Barry situation, like an Archer, and he could come back as a cyborg. You know, like he could be the villain yeah, of the next. That's up. why James Bond will return. Well, that's so. Is that does i think warrant some discussion because they could have easily just said 007 will yeah. return right they why write themselves but are are people so attached to it being a guy named james bond can it not just be 007 secret agent does it why can't it be billy bond or billy walters or because, like who has the 007 or that that, you that got girl a, you got a movie franchise that's been around since the 60s which means you still got old people who you need their their tickets and their money to come see it and they're going to complain but when they see this movie and they see him die aren't they going to be going buddy you died in the they, last they film. are people go read comments on on posts for this movie on Facebook, I don't want to. Read I mean, any don't. Nice but I'm just saying, if you did, you would, you would, uh, you'd, you'd be very upset. Well, yeah, exactly. People, people. There, um, are, there is a percentage of moviegoers who hate this movie because he died at the end, and there's nothing else. There's no, no other conversation to be had. There is a percentage of people who, oh, he, the ending ruined it. He's dead now. There's no point in seeing it. You ruined my childhood. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not. I I understand that. I, I I empathize with that. I. It is sad to see James Bond die. Yes, but that is kind of the point. Like they know that, right? Do they know that's what that's getting at here? That's what the whole point of it was. I, I, I can't I answer that, know. Sean. You know, I can't answer that. I. Why can't you answer? You read the comments. You're more prepared to answer it than us. Uh, you went to those library screenings. What did? Oh yeah, what we did the a, old we did a those whole library screenings. Of, uh, that's say? why I've seen a lot of a lot of the old ones. Is that we because we did a a James Bond month and we watched. We only showed. Um, well, no, that's actually we did ones from different eras. We did a we did a Daniel Craig one. We did a Pierce Brosnan one. We did a Sean Connery one, and we did a um, Dalton one. And that's why. Roger Moore. I, wait, no, 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 oh, okay. wait. That's the one I, I was going to say. Roger Moore. I Roger thought, Moore. Basically. Dalton is the one I haven't seen. I haven't seen any Dalton's ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did a Roger Moore one. So I've seen those. But yeah, I mean, you know, they love those old ones. They don't like the new ones. They didn't even like Daniel Craig one, the, which was which really? was Skyfall. Well, it was either okay. Casino Royale or Skyfall that we showed. Can't remember which one. But I think those are both great movies. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they I didn't. Do too. And, and... <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's that, like so, we're talking about. It's a different vibe than those. So, so. to answer your question, yeah. yes, he does need to be J- named Jay's Bond until those until those generations die out. Then, I guess. But 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 we're instilling it in the new generations. We got to break free some well, point. I guess it's that like, will there ever be a Batman movie where it's not Bruce Wayne? What, probably like, not. Not that Bruce Wayne is, or not that Batman is Bruce Wayne, not in the comics that often, but occasionally, yeah. like, uh, it can't, you know, it has and can be. Yeah, yeah. this happened. Um, kill your heroes, people. Kill your heroes. Kill them off. Mm-hmm. Um, or don't. Gonna... Um, what else? Anything else? Oh, I do want to say in the final action scene where he's kind of shooting his way up that tower, we're talking about, like, his confidence and stuff. There's also... I, uh, a a nice long one shot in that, which is, are my yeah. favorite type of one shots where they it doesn't draw attention to itself, mm-hmm. but like if you're kind of savvy and just kind of slightly paint like more attention, like mm-hmm. oh they haven't really cut here and it's it was a great like it was yeah. it was you know gritty action as these films are and like it just made me appreciate like everything that going into it and and him being all the more human like him just like. And I also just liked how he is not like in perfect shape. Like, not that he's look. He's a good looking guy, and he's in decent shape. But he has like dad bod vibes going the whole time. He has a little bit of a gut and stuff. But it doesn't take away from his just awesome James Bondness. Mm-hmm. At least not for me. You know, it, it, I mean, it for a lot of reasons, like you mentioned, it is uh, reminding me of John Wick. Um, the, yeah. you know, the long shots, the the intimate gun fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, John Wick really isn't in very good shape. Um, yeah, he, you know. Uh, I mean, I think Bond's a better shape than John Wick, I guess. I guess but um, yeah, I feel like in a fist fight, you know, if they were scrapping, yeah. Bond would be able to take Wick. But give him a gun, I think Wick has the advantage. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I would say. I don't know. I let's, let's, that's a good question for the for the audience. Yeah, who would win Wolverine? Uh, listeners, Wolverine <laughs> or Darth no? Vader. Wolverine would beat John Wick and James Bond. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what if uh, James Bond had a magnet? Who wins? <laughs> yes. Sonic Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Oh, well, he wins every. Oh. Can't what catch if him. John Wick has a? What if John Wick has a Chaos Emerald? Sonic Hedgehog. Well, did you see they announced the newest Smash Fighter is John Wick? So. Oh no! Wait, did they really? <laughs> no. No, oh, that would. <laughs> like, I that mean, I'd would... believe it at this point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would actually be. Yeah. Well, they got like Freddy and Jason in the Mortal Kombat games, and like that's right, true. that's not yeah. too far off. You could throw John Wick in the right, Mortal so Kombat. So we just maybe. gotta wait then. It, no, he'll he'll show up in the uh, Nickelodeon fight. Oh <laughs> yes, like he could take out uh, Reptar with. Uh, yeah. Just like, <laughs> Man, just... I. I've been watching videos of that game. It it seems pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, it got mixed reviews, so I'm not like gonna buy it, but I yeah. do want to play it and you know. Check I'll buy it. it. You guys can come over and play it. Oh, there you go. Because yes. <laughs> it, it I it's appealing to me because it seems more ridiculous and it doesn't take yeah. itself seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the uh, reason why I originally liked Smash Brothers until everybody ruined it. Completely agree. Um, yep. And I also, they're agree. already ruining that game because I saw a news article today that said uh, they had their first like, like competitive, like competent, like paid competition. Like it, you know how they do for Smash Brothers. Like there's like professional yeah, gamers Nick who have comp- for Nick Yeah, yeah. They banned one of the Ninja Turtles 
just like how yeah, they... like Michelangelo's already banned yeah, or something. so they're already <laughs> slapping rules on it, and they're already coming up with toxic culture for how to play the game, as if it's like, don't tell me how to play the game. I'm go- oh, you're just a casual Fine. if you play this guy. Shut up, you, shut you up. Be a, you want to be a serious it's... Smash Brothers gamer? Like, okay, go look at yourself in the mirror and tell that to yourself again and see how you feel. <laughs> Say, I'm a serious yeah. Super Smash Brothers player. Say that to yourself in the mirror. Everybody who's listening who's ever said that, do that. Right now, get up, go look in the mirror, and say that to yourself. Look yourself in the eyes and see how you feel after. Meanwhile, I'm going to play Smash Brothers with all items. And I'm going to play as whatever Ninja Turtle I want in All-Star Nickelodeon. You can only play as Leonardo. It doesn't matter. I'm going to play as whoever I want, Sean. Good. Yeah, I I embrace this. And then, then... They'll have DLC characters, Sora. Oh, what if they have a crossover with uh, just, like, one random character from Smash that's also in Nick? I guess there's no Nick Lid. Oh, we were speculating um, that, you know how there's the new Star Trek show coming out on Nickelodeon? Star Trek Prodigy? That now that they could throw in, like, Captain Janeway as a Nickelodeon brawler character. Hmm. Because she's in that new Prodigy show. Well, it's a matter of time before you, you, haven't watched, amazing. you haven't watched Voyager yet. No, too, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to. We kind of hit pause on, on Next yes. Generation, so okay. we'll get back to it, but we would take a break. Fair. Does, does Star Trek have a um, a fighting game? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be like the worst. The Masters Star Wars of Terra Kasi. Right? Yeah. Which is yeah. canon. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, remember how. Since referenced it what, When times. did they canonize? When did... Well, it, Kira mentioned it in okay, Solo, but they have also mentioned it since then in, I think, various comics and stuff yeah. that are canon well, comics. Well, Solo's you know? probably not canon anymore anyway, so who cares? Yeah, it's still <laughs> canon. No, it's, I don't know. As no, much it's as not. anything's canon in the current No, stage. it isn't, Sean. No. It's not? Why not? It's not. Oh. Why? Are you, say, are you citing? Or are you just saying it's not? <laughs> this is not... Oh, okay. <laughs> I, actually, I couldn't tell if he was serious. I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is news to me," and yeah, kind of exciting like... that the fact that they like, and we're gonna erase that. No, already. no, like I'm wishful thinking. I'm sorry. Anyway, um... the only sorry. thing I'm keeping that's canon is the Darth Maul scene at the end. That's still canon, no matter what. <laughs> I keep thinking, I keep matter. forgetting that that's part it of that movie. Doesn't matter. Of all he things, dies like five days of later. All things. Why would that even be He's in that already, movie? We already know. He's already dead. It's great. He's uh, it's my favorite part. I wanted the Darth Maul from the solo movie action figure. One also, I want you part. to like just consider the idea. Like, okay, the Star Wars universe, Han Solo exists. Han Solo doesn't ever know that a Darth Maul is everything. You know what I mean? Like, is it? It's kind of like a weird thing to think about. Like, he doesn't know that a Darth Maul. That there is a Darth That's Maul. Weird. A Darth Maul. He doesn't know any sort of Darth Mauls. Or well, Darth yeah, see, Grievous's. he might have known. He, he know might have known, but well, he would have met Darth Maul in the Solo Two that we never will get. So, you know, sorry. I mean, you all, you all know that yeah. that after the credit scene or that scene, whatever it is, is never going to be paid off, right? It's never ever going to be paid off. Well, they're speculating that it may be in some one of the future shows because there's whatever, like a dozen different Disney shows. It could be something in the Obi Wan show that's paid off, or the Lando show, or the you know, Mon Calamari. I don't think it will ever be paid off. Show. I mean, there's no way for me to know because, you know, Wait, they're doing Star, a, Star Wars. They're, they're doing a, 
Star- I was gonna Star- ah! <laughs> I was gonna say Star Wars is gonna outlive all of us, so there's no way that any of us would, well, would be able to know uh, whether like it'll 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 be paid off. But sorry, Ryan, movies. go ahead. Oh no, sorry, I, yeah, sorry, I kept talking over you. Um, I don't remember. What oh I was no, say. <laughs> now I feel like a big old jerk. Sorry, right. you can write in, write in, Ryan, write, Ryan, write into us, and we'll read it in the next episode remember, when you remember. All right. Um, um, any more Bond no. thoughts though before we wrap no, it up? I don't have any more. I I I was uh, I was uh, I was kind of underwhelmed, and, but I you know it was I I won't revisit this one, but I would revisit Casino Royale and Skyfall, and I probably will. Fair enough. This is fine. But, I didn't well, feel like I needed yeah. an ending to the series. I but there you go. Mm. That, you, they could have done worse. So. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I definitely liked it more than you, Chewy, but that's fine. I I, I don't nest. I get also if you didn't love it. I do think it was long. That probably didn't help things, but I don't know. I was I was happy with what they did with this take on Bond overall. Even if some specifics here and there, both in this film and and for the last five films in general, you mm-hmm. know, were not always perfect or I didn't like. But yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this film. And uh, Daniel Craig is Bond in general. Well, too bad he's super dead. Yeah, never see him again. Now, I guess, he is but super dead. but he'll be back in Knives Out. Oh yeah. Well, I wonder if Anna Armour is going to show up. Oh, I hope so. That but they got they got greenlit for two more. Those two films, more. Right? I didn't know that. Maybe not. Maybe it's yeah. just one more. I, I love Knives Out. Said they're going to that movie. That movie. Yeah, yeah, that was super. I good. love it. All right. Well, I don't have anything else to say about this, and we don't have any emails this week, so cool. I guess that's it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's much else. What are we going to talk about next? We're, what are we doing? Oh, Dune. I bet we're going to do an episode on Dune. Let's I'll make do it Dune. Uh, Dune is um, a big cultural thing that I feel like I should know anything about, but turns out I don't know anything about. Uh, well, that would be fun. You should watch it without knowing anything about it, because both Ryan and I, I think, have... Ryan, have you ever read Dune? Yeah, I've read it. Um okay. Seen the so movie several times, movie, right? and you have seen the Lynch. Okay, yeah, David Lynch. Okay, yeah, um, right. There's, Worms. I would recommend for anyone who is a Dune fan who hasn't already seen the sci-fi miniseries they did. I thought that was probably the, my favorite adaptation. Oh, so there's oh, been there's I already been multiple that. adaptations. Is what you're saying? Yes, uh, and yeah, there was one yeah. that was canned that uh, mm-hmm. was famously you know never okay. never came to light um, there's a documentary but it's it. all but everything uh, that you're describing is all kind of based on the same source material or are they reboots yeah. or are they yep. extensions yeah. of each other it's all classic books it's you know yeah. Frank Herbert book called Dune he most the first ones generally but most things are all you know the ad- adaptations but um, I feel like he wrote three sequels, I think, right? And then his son took over. And yeah. There's a ton of books now. But generally speaking, the core story that's always adapted or people talk about are the, is the first book. And I feel like maybe they the second in the in the miniseries did they do beyond the first book right they did they they okay. got into the children of dune and yeah. then i think like i and i haven't read i have to look at this how the series goes but there's like god emperor over dune i think that's where they they end uh, okay. um but yeah, yeah it i mean it is it's kind of crazy though i don't remember when the first book was written but many 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 years 67 ago 67 or something like yeah that. and it, it it's this huge like universe he creates and it's it's funny because i don't there's not really a lot of sci-fi out there that even is 
has tried to do the same thing. It is very unique still to this day, yeah. which is odd. Um, but uh, yeah, it's in a super weird and kind of gross also, which I like, mm-hmm. um, especially if you watch the David Lynch movie, it's horribly weird. And I love yes. it. I mean, I, yeah, I'm a fan of that. And yeah, that's my only, I have not seen the miniseries. So. Well, I am going to just watch the movie then. With no no understanding of anything before that or anything. I'm just going to watch the movie because it sounds like y'all have plenty of knowledge and most people probably do and I don't. So that should maybe give it interesting. Uh, <laughs> I can see how that conversation is going to go. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I whatever criticisms I may or may not have of the movie, it'd be like, yeah, well, and this, 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 this. And it, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Well, like uh, I don't, Matt, you had seen like I'm comparing it to like the Blade Runner. Had you seen the original Blade Runner or read the book? I haven't read the book. Um, I've only seen the original. But wait, oh, you, you haven't, haven't seen you haven't seen no. 2049? Oh. What? Oh man. Okay. Oh, I just missed it. No, no, sure for me. Well, it still exists. I know. I will watch yeah. it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it eventually. Uh, okay. No, I think I think we'll be fair and uh, well, we got, in terms of our we criticisms. Got Dune. As we always are. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> we have Dune coming up, and then very soon we have um, Eternals. That's in just yep. like two weeks or three weeks. Is it's it that far? November, I it's November. November. It's oh, November it is almost 6th. November. So that's Jeez, in just November, under guys. three weeks from now. Oh my God. And then Spider-Man? December. Sucks? Like so December 17th, yep. I think. Uh-huh. Or something. Is there any... That's my birthday. Is there any... Um, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Harry Potter's or DC movies coming out uh, this, this year? Uh, I think Batman's in March. Anyways, stay tuned for Dune. That's what our next episode will be, and who knows from there on out. Um, But let us know what you think of your top James Bond films. Or wait, don't tell us what you think. Just tell us your top James Bond films or something. And what you think of them. I don't know. And what you think of them. And who would win a fight, John Wick or James Bond? Oh, Clifford the Um, Big Red Dog. Oh. Right. Win in a fight? No, the movie. No, no, no. Actually, but I found another so, one. November nineteenth, uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get out. Let's. Yeah, we did our mission. We've killed the the ambassador. Is that what James Bond does? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, you you guys in the opening to Bond films, you know when he walks down, there's the little the the oh. you know, looking down the barrel of the gun, yeah, and he turns and shoots. Does anyone else think that he fires too early every yeah. time? Yes. Why? Why does also, he always fire like wide? It's like you just missed. Now you're dead, James Bond, because he shot too early. Uh, also, it was it's, I always think it's weird because it's looking down the barrel of the gun, not yeah, the what? scope. Like who? What? Yes. What gun there's works a, like that? There's a little, there's a tiny little inside. Ant-Man inside of the barrel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's this guy's like he just he finds a new home in a random henchman's gun, and he's just like, God dang it, not again, James Bond! You killed my home. I got to go find another gun barrel to live in. And this is the saga of this little guy living in Gunfire Falls. <laughs> That's a great story. Um, 
Actually, I think there was a little, I don't know if it's an homage, but at some point in the movie, he, there's like a, he's down like this, like sewer. Oh, yeah. oh it's totally a homage. Like that. That. And he yes. ki- yeah, right, it totally okay. was. Yeah, and that's how I knew for sure he was going to die at the end, because I'm like, well, they always they always <laughs> do that at the end of the movie, but he, they're not going to be able to because he's going to be dead by the end of the movie. And I was right. All right. Uh, you all knew. <laughs> Chewie, do you just assume every movie is going to, the main character is going to die? Maybe that, I mean, that, I'm, where are your facts for strategy. that? Where's the, where, pull your receipts. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I don't think it's... I think I'm justified in being surprised that James Bond died. Uh, that's your opinion. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> it's his opinion that he's justified. <laughs> night, goodbye. night. Um, goodbye. I guess, goodbye. <laughs> the end. Forever. Okay. Yum Chunks will return. Da-da-na-na! All right. <laughs> this has been... After the Credits... A Young Chunks podcast.